Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another promising to be exciting episode of Classes of Veteran. Short bio on our guest today. Spent 25 years in the Marine Corps, retired as a colonel. Coming up at you back after the break, Classes of Veteran. Welcome to Classes of Veteran. It's <laughs> <laughs> never going to work. <laughs> I want all the listeners to understand that whenever, every time we do a podcast, Vinny Mo over here lays the, the pressure on really thick, and I'm about tired of it. Welcome, classes of veterans, all of our listeners to our wonderful podcast today with Mr. Matthew Bono. Wow. I got the Mr. Matthew. title. How about that? Mm-hmm. And I got fancy and I called you Matthew. You did? Am I, I in trouble now? Not yet. <laughs> <laughs> Still plenty of time left. Still plenty of time left. Lots of time. Yes, indeed. I actually should be in trouble um, for not understanding what I'm doing as long as I've been doing this and not understanding how to plug in. It all took this us 30 stuff. minutes to, to get ready for That's this why this podcast. we're going we're going to record this because this this shit is priceless. Like it it really is a monkey fucking a football, and I happen to be the monkey. I know, <laughs> and everybody else is the football. I'm not the football. <laughs> so yeah, these I, modern devices require <laughs> electrons to service them. <laughs> so prior to the uh, podcast here, uh, one of our recording devices—I don't even know what it is—but the lights weren't flashing. Couldn't get feedback. Long story short, it took a little bit longer than um, needed to get to the meat and potatoes of today's podcast Some and words our guests. Thrown around, anger, frustration, passion. Whatever, don't use passion. Passion, you can't which passion which is actually what brings definitely brings our our guest here today, uh, Colonel Bono, uh, as in the intro. Loves the short bio, right? I love the short bio. Love the short bio. So give us the short bio in in your words again, because I didn't say it exactly right. So you're familiar with the long bio. Yes. You know, he did this and then he did that. And then uh, the short bio is uh, is my favorite. It's, you know, joined the Marine Corps, spent 25 years in the Marine Corps, and now he's not. And that's that's short bio. (laughs) Simple. That's right. And starting with the short bio, um, where did you, where did you enter? Where did you end the Marine Corps at? Kind of what? What made you want to be a Marine and what I'm guessing, you know, just profiling. I'm profiling the hell out of you. So I'm going to say that you're guessing you're from, from a small town, usually. No? Big town? Uh, I grew up mostly in Jeff City, Missouri. Oh, that's, uh, that's Third grade through high school, Jeff City, um, Catholic schools. Um, then I went off to Central, it used to be called Central Missouri State University. It's now called the University of Central Missouri in Warrensburg. And... Uh, Joined the Marine Corps while I was in college. They have a program called a platoon leaders class. So you go through officers, officer candidate school, uh, your summers in college. And then once you graduate college, you get commissioned as a second lieutenant. Was that something that you knew that you wanted to do? Or you when just, I went to college? Yeah. Or you no. just decided, oh, yeah. No, yeah. I mean, you know, um, there's a reason all the services advertise that shit works. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, and, and I think, um, you know, it, it's partially that, but I think, uh, what made me join was I, I, that I think the values of my perceived values of the Marine Corps kind of aligned with my own values. So this idea of commitment, 
you know, a commitment to something bigger, greater than yourself and, 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 you know, the, the commitment to stay in for three years, four years, whatever, you know, the contract would be. Uh, and then this idea of sacrifice. So, you know, sacrifice something now for something greater later, um, sacrifice for other people, you know, that type of thing. So I think probably those two things just kind of met my value system and say, I said, Hey, uh, let's do this. So as, as this podcast progresses, I'm definitely going to you know get into a little bit more of the officer versus enlisted side of the house. Mm-hmm. You are actually the um, third officer that we've had here mm-hmm. on the Classes of Veteran podcast. Um, God, what took you so long to get to me? There's not, there's not a lot of you. There's not a lot of you out there. And you guys are all stuck up like, I'm an officer. I can't talk to enlisted. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like you this. Can't hear the eye rolling right now. <laughs> you're like, you're like this enlisted guy wants to talk to me about something. Also, he's also a senior non-commissioned officer, so you know he's an asshole. That's so that kind of how it works. The senior NCO is the one who run the services, though. <laughs> I mean, certainly in the Marine Corps. I agreed, a hundred percent. So, but you know, kind of you, you had said um, the advertising works, right? <laughs> sure. So what was the, the advertisement and, and, and to, 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 to date you, you know, we always back and forth, always give you, you know, jokes, hard times about the revolutionary war and so on and so forth. What year was it that you decided to make this decision and kind of start in the progression of your career? So you said 25 so years. Do you know, do you remember when the muskets came out? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, after that. Okay. okay. Um, yeah, I mean, this was, uh, I graduated uh, high school in 82, so went off to college uh, later that year. Um, and, and the reason I say the advertising works is because it does. I mean, you know, that everybody knows the tagline, the few, the proud, the Marines, mm-hmm. right? And it's actually won some award on Madison Avenue, you know, the, the uh, advertising agencies. So uh, they've got great, we've, everybody's got great posters, but I think the Marine Corps does it exceptionally uh, good job at the advertising. Piece. I, I will have to agree. I, will I mean, it certainly catches your eye. And I mean, I think that probably something like that, I can't point to the exact thing that caught my eyes, but it never really caught my eye in high school. For mm-hmm. some reason it did in college. Um, and, uh, and then you dig deeper into it and you realize, yeah, this is, this, this is what this I want to do. I think I want to do. So you have to run the process down for, for us, for the listeners here. And, you know, we really, want to thank all of our listeners for continuing on this mission with us. Um, something I don't know if I shared with you, we are actually um, 96% of our listeners are here in the continental United States. The other 4% are in Ireland, uh, England, and then bases that we are stationed at throughout uh, South, Southeast Asia, a lot of duty stations. You know what I'm here? I'm here on road trip. <laughs> that would be, if I could, I can't figure out how to plug it, like plug it in here. Well, yeah, like, we'll I'm going to have to bring some techno person. Yeah, I'm like, hey, if you're listening to classes of veterans and you understand electricity, because obviously <laughs> I don't, come and and email me, please, because I need somebody to show me how to use electricity, because that would be a really great idea. Take it on the road. There's a light uh, on the power strip. Is it supposed to be red, Vinny? <laughs> that's, that's what we're Plug it in the hole and it works. Uh, yeah, that one. We'll leave that one alone because that's... <laughs> this is the metaphorical stray voltage that I knew was going to happen today. <laughs> that's that's how it goes. Plug it in the hole and it works. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's not, not good. Not today. That's not, that's, yeah. 
thank God I'm actually happy at 40 that it no longer works. <laughs> <laughs> it's a blessing of my life. So um, you join and you go to officer candidate school. So for, and for OCS, it's is it is it a mirror of of what an enlisted does in basic or what what's the kind of what's the 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 difference for kind of our listeners to understand that for the Marine Corps it's not even close I can't I can't speak to the other services but, okay uh, I, what I, what is what is OCS Officer Candidate School okay thank you so uh, for me that was uh, six weeks two different summers six weeks each summer so what they call PLC Platoon Leaders Class Junior okay. for six weeks. PLC senior the second six weeks and it's not a repeat of the second six weeks is not a repeat I mean it's it's building upon it but so going back to how is that different than recruit training <clears throat> in officer candidate school after about five or six days of being there mm -hmm. the staff basically starts assigning billets so you're going to be the company commander you're just a college kid like everybody else. You're going to be the company commander. You're going to be the company first sergeant. You're going to be a platoon commander. You're going to be a squad leader. So all the candidates, not all of them, but I mean, they because they, they rotate these billets, I think you hold a billet for like 72 hours. And they literally hand you a schedule and say execute. So with you, little to no guidance, you are responsible. If you're that billet holder, you're responsible to get your unit from point A to point B in the right uniform on time at the right location. And there'll be like one staff member, you know, an actual Marine, not somebody who wants to be a Marine, one yeah. staff member that kind of just follows along and is just kind of watching. So little to so, no guidance, so here's just, schedule, execute yeah, versus the enlisted indoctrination process. Go here, do that, right. stand, move, shut up, talk. Right. Um, so, you know, we are obviously taught how to take orders. And then as you progress in your career, you're taught how to you move into that that same position. You guys start off on they the throw you right, side, into, the right into the hole. Figure right this out. into the leadership. Here you go. You're in charge. Get this group of people from here to there wearing this. Was this that nerve-wracking though? Oh yeah. I mean, that's why you get like four hours of sleep every night. That's crazy. If you could see my face, I'm I'm Yeah, you're it's... you're shocked. Yeah. Right? But I'll tell you, you know, the I, I went, I think uh 80 three or 84 was my first summer. Um, we lost 50% of the platoon before that six weeks was over. Attrition. People dropped out, couldn't handle it. Uh, physically broken, whatever. Cause it's also yeah. a PT Academy. I mean, mm -hmm. they, just physic okay. they just wear you down physically, physically and mentally. And uh, I mean, 50% of those, it was all guys in my platoon. We didn't have integration back then. 50% um, of them went away never came back. And then, so now you got to realize that that 50% that made it, they're the ones going to seniors the next year. Okay. And guess what? We lost another 50% that summer as well. My, my platoon <laughs> walked 18 people across the parade deck for graduation on my senior, my PLC seniors. And we started off with like 45 and we walked 18. And that takes place at the at, at, at Paris Island or Camp Lejeune. Nope. No, nope. that takes place only in Quantico, Virginia. Quantico, Virginia. Okay, okay. See, these are things you know. As, as I know, the Army side of the house and kind of our mm -hmm. trade, our trade doc, um, and post so on and so forth. So things that I love to learn about the Marine Corps. So got it, Quantico. Quantico, Virginia. The woods of Quantico, Virginia. Humid, <laughs> mosquito infested. So, so, so that's kind of our version of Leavenworth, Fort Leavenworth, right? Kind of is that also where you? 
your your higher your officers uh, kind of war college at or yeah that's where our uh, intermediate level school and okay top level school for Marine Corps is actually in all three levels of the school okay outstanding outstanding when you were doing all, was there ever a time that you were like nope this is not for me I knew it was for me the question was whether I'd be able to keep doing it whether okay. I you know avoid injury stay healthy I mean you, yeah you just felt like you had the flu all the time I mean, you're living in close proximity to other people you're getting hardly any sleep um Okay. I mean, it was just hard. No, <laughs> mentally though, it's like, no, I, I've got to do this. I, this is going to happen. So you, I just it, it was worried cross, about the physical piece. It didn't cross your mind, like to be one of those people that no, drop no. out. You were like, nope, I'm doing this all the way. No. no. Okay. And I tell you back then that he really, it was the prior service people that I don't know that we graduated any prior service in my platoon because the pressure was really on them. The staff would say, you're, you're a Marine, you know, you're a reservist yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. You're a Marine. How can, how come you can't shine your boots? Yeah. How come you can't do this? How can you get, get these people from here to there? And man, that was, it drove them out at the cyclic rate. Cause they're like, hell with it. I can always go back to doing my reserve job. I don't need this. I don't need this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's no lie about that. And then as you, as you mentioned earlier, there was, as, as my co-host said, is there any point in time you were like, I'm going to call it a day. 25 years later, you said, yes, I'm going to call it a day. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so sure. there was so a point in time. Go back to the short bio. So yeah. The short bio. 25 years and, and then it got out. Um, uh, you know, I saw way too many people as I became a field, field grade officer. There were way too many people that stuck around too long. And I always promised myself I don't want to be that person. Um, so, I, you know, you got to pick, pick the date and time of your departure. I actually... I was up for Brigadier General and I sent the board a, a letter and said, I haven't retired yet, but I plan on retiring. Please don't consider me. So one thing that, that, that we're, we're, you know, the point of this podcast Not is that I have I'm, much of a chance anyway. <laughs> one thing, one thing that I, I love to do about this podcast is to understand what motivates individuals to serve our country for three years or 20 years, one deployment, no deployments, but also the educational piece of it. So, um, you know, I, I would like, I can explain it, but I would love it to hear. And maybe my co-host might be wondering what's a field grade officer. What does that mean? Um, I, I do not know the answer to that. No, 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 Doc, I'm looking at you for, so you can ask that question to him. I, I, you just asked it. No, but I was, I was like trying to give you the hint, like ask him that question. Matt, will you enlighten me? <laughs> <laughs> fuck you could tell by the look on her face she didn't know what you were talking about <laughs> correct but that please enlighten sure. me matt so in the marine corps okay uh a field grade officer uh, the, the rank of field grade starts at major so it's major lieutenant colonel colonel okay below that you're a company grade from second lieutenant to captain you're a company grade officer at major, you become a field grade officer, lieutenant colonel field grade, colonel field grade. And then at general, you're a flag officer. Okay. So just classifications that they have for the different rank structures. I only know this because I got a company grade article 15 mm -hmm. and I was like, they kept threatening me with the field grade. And I was like, I really don't really give a shit. I'm in trouble no matter what. But there's different punishments that come with it. So basically, captain and below, it, it allows for different types of UCMJ in the army. So that's part of the reason why I know that. More more oh. punishment authority, is correct? It? Correct. So that was 
part of the learning process. You got in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> That's not the question. The question is, when wasn't he in trouble? <laughs> I never, I, I never, yeah, I'm going to get to that story one day. <laughs> so um, you had uh, 25 great years and coming back up after the break, I want to talk about some of that time and service. Um, things that you participated in, troops that you trained, all that good stuff. Your uh, they call it an MOS, correct, or branch in, no, in MOS. MOS. Um, so coming back after the break, ladies and gentlemen, we will dig deeper into Colonel Bono's career and what he did in his twenty-five great years in uh, the United States Marine Corps. Back at you, class as a veteran. So as this podcast progresses and you know, we find this craft, um, I was actually told by an um, individual I'm working with now who happens to be the voice of the Kansas City Monarchs as well as Sporting KC. Um, he says, man, I really love your energy. He's like, most people sit around and talk about, I'm going to do a podcast. And they sit around for three to six months trying to figure out the equipment and they want to do this. And How do you do this? And I was like, no. I picked up my phone, I downloaded an app and I got on there and I just started talking shit. He was like, and I love that energy and that's why it works. And then as the podcast has progressed, I realized me bumping my soup cooler the entire time is not as entertaining as it may be to me. Cause I think I'm hilarious. I can talk to myself all day, but I, <laughs> I was like, you know what we need, you know, another um, personality um, on here that, you know, meshes with, with mine and kind of helps progress the podcast. And that was then the uh, bringing on my co-host, Jay. And now as we progress... Um, we don't mesh quite as well as we used to. Why, why, because you done pissed me off. Oh, well, that's fair. No, I'm just kidding. We you, meshed you guys well. want me to leave? <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I mean, I, I was like, what? He did. He, he, so he constantly putting me on the spot and I and if there was a camera in here I I would like bitch slap you so everybody could see it that's fair that would be fun I mean I could see it if you did it right now that's true. <laughs> you want to get your camera ready I don't need a camera I'll remember it forever <laughs> no we do, I we do mesh well I agree um and with that you know with with each of our our guests and as I said a lot of our a lot of the guests that come here are veterans that I know through my nine to five or are um, an integral part of my life, you know, somebody that just may have been passing that I, I definitely respect or somebody that I grew up with. But every veteran, every American has a story. And, you know, that's the, the beauty of, of having a co-host here is that ability to kind of bring that story out and, and progress it here. So um, not to put you on the spot, but would you mm -hmm. like to uh there, there is something i want to say i want to say to matt so i met matt through my nine to five and um he has actually the last what, seven eight months i think i'm gonna get emotional on this okay no that's not okay no that's okay that's I what we're supposed to do to my here. listeners so i my youngest is actually getting ready to leave for um for San Diego, he's gonna yes. join the Marines. And so we've got three Marines on staff here. And uh, and of course I went to them and I'm like, what the hell do I do? I have so many questions and concerns and I'm scared and I'm happy. And 
but Matt has helped me actually a lot through the whole thing. I've gone to you, I don't know how many times with questions and what is this, what does this mean and what's going to happen? And, um, so without a doubt, I knew I could go to you and you walked me through it and you've given me hugs so many times and just being there, like, you're just, you're, you're amazing. And I don't think I could have gotten through it. I hate to say, well, this, this far without, without your support. And so I have Thanks. to give a big thank you and shout Thanks. out. Yeah. I appreciate that. <laughs> well, and, and he's going to do well. Did it, So this is nothing well. a whole lot, but <laughs> not, not to do with anything, but, but Tristan, I remember I had, he came in to, I was like, I want you to come in and talk to these Marines. I want you to know what you're getting your ass into. <laughs> I remember I walked in you and one of the other guys were sitting down talking to him and I walked in and he just looked fucking livid and pissed. Yeah not happy at all and i'm like what the hell did these guys do to him <laughs> I, wasn't, I wasn't sure which way he was going there for a little while <laughs> but it was funny i mean by the end of the conversation you guys all had him laughing and cracking up and everything but telling him exactly what he was he's going to be going through and what to expect so well i mean it's pretty simple we're going to shave your head take all your shit and give you a near-death experience that's what we promise you <laughs> I love and it. he's gonna do great he's gonna do great <laughs> And, and the beauty of it is, is um, as a field grade officer and as a mentor, um, he's, Matt is still able to apply that here uh, and, you know, your ability to come there. And I can say that, and we'll get to this part here later in the podcast, that definitely when this is, I'm, I blame it on my TBI or not, but I had no idea that I had actually met him um, via our nine to five in the very beginning uh and there's pictures to prove it i had like i literally have no recollection of ever speaking to you when we were cutting trees down the very first day i, I don't remember any of that uh and i can blame that on my tbi or just the fact that i'm just not all there that's probably easier um but really you know you being a part of that you know being a part of our nine to five and being a part of the veteran community it's it's it truly is an honor, really. I say that, and I know me and you have had our uh, differences of leadership style, but I think that's that classical um, officer versus NCO type of relationship. And then once we realize each other's strong points, it's like, got it, cool. Like that's that individual. Um, but that brings us, you know, back to your progression within the uh, the Marine Corps um, and your MOS. Would you kind of enlighten um, our listeners on on all that? Sure. So I, uh, what you do when you become a second lieutenant, you in the Marine Corps, you go to the basic school for six week, uh, six months. Sorry, you go to the basic school for six months, and it's in Quantico, Virginia, once again. Uh, and that's where you essentially compete for your MOS. Unless you've already been given an MOS like lawyer because you're in law school or you've passed all the tests and for everything to be a pilot, everybody else competes for a, a an occupational specialty. Uh, so I did that after three months, they kind of give you a GPA and rack and stack you and say, okay, what do you hear? What's your wish list? What do you want to do in the Marine Corps? And, um, you know, one of the things that I did in college was aviation. So I, uh, and I, but I did not have the eyesight to be a pilot. Uh, so I selected aviation maintenance, aircraft maintenance. Um, and out of 120 people in our uh, company, they had one slot for it. And I happened to be the highest person uh, 
with the highest, G I had to be the person with the highest GPA that wanted that. So I got that. So I started off as an aircraft maintenance officer. That's a long story, but that's Does, how they give a MOS, award MOSs in the Marine Corps. For do officers. they, do they take your, your wish list, your job, your MOS wish list? Do they take that into consideration? Cause I feel like I've heard stories. They're like, you can wish and ask for that all you want. Yeah. But... <laughs> wish in one hand, shed in the other. See which yeah. one goes up first. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I think they did. <laughs> yeah, they, they do for officers. Uh, I think they do for everybody, but there's always okay. this thing called the needs of the Marine Corps. Yes. So that just throws everything yes, out yes. the window, right? Yes. The, yeah. the, the it's need like when you get orders to go to a duty station. It's like, well, I understand you want to go there, but needs of the Marine Corps, you're going to go here. You're given options, yeah. and then they say, outstanding, but needs of the Marine Corps, needs of the right. Army, needs of the service, you are going here. Mm -hmm. uh, we understand that you want to be you know, an X-ray tech. But needs of the service says you could be infantry. <laughs> right. right. We need somebody to carry the radio. <laughs> yes, yes, you get to be the radio. With the big antenna, might as well put a flag on it so people can find you better to shoot you. So saying all that, it sounds like you carried the radio. <laughs> I did. At the basic school, I carried the radio a lot because I could operate it. I don't know if I could operate your equipment here, Vinny. But, I can't. Uh, we are that's yeah, a given. <laughs> uh, but I did carry the radio a lot in in the field. Because once again, it was one of those things, you go to the field and they would select lieutenants and say, okay, you're the company commander, you're the platoon commander, you're a squad leader, you know, boom, boom, boom. And the company commander got to select his own radio man. And since I was good at it, you I got, got selected, selected quite, quite often. When I was yeah. doing another billet, it's like, hey, uh, you want to hug me, you want to hug me up? Geez, yeah. Thanks. I need another 35 pounds in my pack. <laughs> I appreciate that. But it's it, it, it's the team effort, right? It's, it's the team yeah. effort. You're like, oh, damn, yeah, yeah, I got you, man. But maybe next time, how about not picking me? Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, it's either carry a bunch of ammo or carry a radio. Yeah, a little bit. Of yeah, ammo, right. So. A little bit of a little bit of a little bit of deal. So in your in your 25 years of service, um, I would imagine um, since we've been at uh, um, engaged in the in the war on terror and just just random question have you thought you know being a, a officer up there do you happen to know where terror lives at where terror lives yeah i'm feeling i'm feeling like because yeah. like we've been we've been in the war on terror for a while now and i'm feeling that like as a field grade officer you might have some intel about where terror actually lives yeah i think they actually have a p.o box do they okay yeah. Did you find it? Because I mean, <laughs> I mean, like if you could, like I, the, I, <laughs> I would have no problem going over there and smashing the shit out of terror sure. so we can get this war over with. <laughs> but, <laughs> but with that, um, I'd imagine you had um, some rotations uh, across uh, to, to across to the sandbox, um, and uh, I never asked where where were you this time frame eighty five. So were you in the Gulf? I was actually, we de deployed to the Philippines during um, Desert Shield, Desert Storm. Uh, yeah. That's the one yeah. you're referring to, Yes, right? yes. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah so in a, I was in Harrier Squadron at the time, and I had just finished my second deployment, my second back-to-back -back deployment. Uh, literally, we'd been off the boat for two weeks. Saddam invaded Kuwait. Mm -hmm. um, and we never unpacked our stuff from that deployment. We lived out of boxes on the hangar deck because we knew we were going to go somewhere again. And with a Harrier squadron, you have 20 airplanes, you have a six plane detachment and a 14 plane main body. I'd just been on two detachments. Uh, so they, I didn't go on, I didn't go on the six plane detachment that got on a boat again. 
and go to the Gulf. Uh, but I did the, I went with the 14 plane main body over to Iwakuni, Japan for what ended up being 10 and a half months. Yeah, I mean, I got it. So here's a great story for you. I think, I mean, it's, <laughs> could be funny. That's funny. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Wasn't real funny. So I really, I just gotten back off my second back to back deployment. Uh, you know, I was still a newlywed, really. I mean, we'd been married four years probably, but we'd never saw never each seen other. each other. Yeah, yeah, we never saw each other. We didn't have any kids yet. So I was never home. So apparently you have to be like in close contact to have those things. <laughs> um, so I think this was in November, late November, maybe. Um, I got a call up to, it was after lunch. I got a call up to the CO's office and uh, he was a major. He wasn't even selected for Lieutenant Colonel, but this guy was on the, he was on the fast path. And he ultimately became a brigadier general. <clears throat> anyway, he called me up this often. He said, uh, well, I got I got good news. And I got bad news. Which one do you want first? And I was like, yeah, I don't really care. You're going to give me both. <laughs> and he said, well, here's the good news. We're, we know where we're going. I was like, great. Where are we going? He goes, uh, we're going to Iwakuni, Japan. I said, okay, perfect. Uh, what's the bad news? <laughs> he said, um, you leave tomorrow morning. <laughs> and I was like, oh. Uh, he and said, you had just gotten back. Well, a couple of months earlier, yeah. I mean, okay. um, yeah, got back in July. Uh, July, yeah, I guess July. You leave tomorrow. And this was October. Yeah, and uh, he said, well, normally I would send a pilot on advance party, uh, you know, because you've got to receive all the spaces and do, you know, all this stuff. And he said, but I just, I don't have enough pilots to fly the jets over right now. I'm going to have to borrow pilots to do that. So, um, <clears throat> yeah, you leave, in, uh, you leave in about 14 hours with 13 Marines advanced party. I was like, cool. So I went home and, and relayed the message, relayed the message to my wife. And, hmm. and that went what, well. What, what, Glad the sea bag was still packed. Uh, she was really not happy. <laughs> <laughs> really not. I'm yeah. God bless her. She stuck with me. <laughs> so, uh, and we didn't know how long we were leaving for. I mean, it wasn't a typical six month deployment. It was just like, you're going, you're, yeah, you come yeah. home when you come home. Ten and a half months later, we came home. For our listeners um, out there to understand the difference in services, to understand what the modality and or operational um, capacity of each services, the Marines are to uh, establish the beachhead and be the Adivan party. So um, the Army has select units that you are to be able to deploy within 72 hours. 82nd Airborne, a lot of their units I was in the 125th. That was the same thing. But for the Marine Corps, that's kind of a standard operating procedure. Like you have to have a bag, a go bag yeah. packed at all times because you may get orders just as he did, just as any Marine will get that. Guess what you're doing tomorrow? You're just going like that. just I, like that. that that's yeah. how your life operates. As yeah, that's Jay's got a big God, question. I can like, see it. I, this is exactly where. So there is a YouTube channel that I've secured for this. I've got to start recording this because some of the expressions on your face are just <laughs> just priceless. You're just like, what do you mean? They just tell you you like, like you're di- you you come into work and they're like, guess what? Tomorrow you're going to Japan. Go home and tell your family. Yeah, like I could at least <laughs> stop it. Hey, listen. You- Five days, whatever it is, right? Like mm-hmm. a little bit of notice. I mean, I guess they did give you a little bit, but a couple hours. Well, I mean, like I said, we knew we were going somewhere. Okay. You know, we just didn't know when. And it's or just where. Like that. Just 
Yeah, it was just like well, it was just it, like that. Yeah, I guess you, you knew. It you was, did kind of know. I, that's that's just okay. It's that's it's <laughs> it's to be it. <laughs> the way our bases are set up. Um, I'd be like, but I got a hair appointment tomorrow, and <laughs> yeah, that's gonna have to wait. I'm just kidding. I don't have a hair. <laughs> I mean, that would actually be a really, really good one. Like, I, I would try that. I would use that excuse. <laughs> Can you get my nails done before I go? Yeah, but you know, so now you got 13 Marines advanced party and, and you're flying commercial out of LAX and then you're flying into Osaka, Japan, and you've got to catch a bullet train down to Hiroshima and then you got to catch a local train from Hiroshima to Iwakuni. And I don't speak Japanese. <laughs> Nobody did. Right? It's like, Figure it out. Well, this is going to be fun. This is an adventure. Figure it out. It is definitely an adventure. Uh, and so you were there for, for 10 months? 10 and a half months, yeah. And then... We traveled all over the Western Pacific, though. So we'd stay in Iwakuni for a month, and we'd go down to the Philippines for a month, Okinawa for a month. What are you doing on that, that deployment? The... the pilots are training. Okay. I mean, we're just, our, we're just using different air bases over there to train out of, because there's different ranges and other units you can cross train with and exercises that take place and things like that. Okay. All right. Now in, in passing conversation and, and of course, any, any, uh, any, any of our guests are more than welcome to share or not share, but in passing conversation, we were talking about, um, liberate, if we could see my fingers here, the liberation mm -hmm. Of of um, Iraq. <laughs> You're talking about three, two, 2003 now. Yes, yes, 2003, and we were talking about how we liberated the shit out of that country. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I wish you could have seen Matt's face right there. <laughs> we liberated the shit out of that country, and uh, I know that uh, you had you had talked about just in passing um, some of the uh, operations that you know that you were a, a part of out of that. So just just from uh, an army perspective helped me to understand how the aviation Marine Corps. So you guys were then on a, uh, a destroyer kind of operating off of there or out of our base of operations of Kuwait. I'm not asking like anything in detail. I'm just trying to figure out like how aviation Marine it operates. I'm laughing that you can put a squadron <laughs> of airplanes on a destroyer. I'd like to see that one. <laughs> well, see, that's language I don't you know. Man lover you. <laughs> Exactly. So that's, that, that's, that's prime example right there. Yeah. So I just come off a recruiting tour and we started doing the planning for what became OIF or uh, OIF. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we didn't know what it was going to be called, but once again, we knew where we were going to go somewhere and you know, we knew where we were going to go. We just didn't know, we we didn't know who was going to get freedom, and, but somebody yeah, was going to get freedom. Like, oh, geez. I think it was uh, new year's Eve. They, uh, they, the, the top secret message came out, said, uh, deploy basically. So we went to, uh, we got on ships, L-class ships, okay. Gator freighters, if okay. you know, people out there would understand that, but basically um, carriers for helicopters. Okay. So they don't have catapults, that type of thing. So they put um, Harriers, V-stall aircraft, and they put helicopters on these uh, uh, Gators, they call them. So yeah, we, we loaded up, um, we loaded up every East Coast Gator that could float that had a engine that worked and uh, sailed through the Mediterranean down the Suez and up into the Gulf and, uh, you know, sat there and told go day. Uh, how how long shore. did you sit there? 
Oh, geez. Uh, what was the, the liberation was, on, <laughs> um, was it March? Mid March? March of oh, 03, yeah. Yeah, so it probably took us two and a half, three weeks to get there. So we were there by the end of January, easy. So sat there for end of January, all of February, half of March. I mean, the, the helicopters and stuff would fly missions, you yeah. know, fly stuff ashore mm. and all that. Because we were just we were just out in our little gator square, they called it. They give you this imaginary square in the ocean and say, keep your boat in that box. And you yeah. did it. You did it. So I was there long enough to have two beer days. Really? Oh, yeah, yeah. That's a big deal. I well, was on that ship long enough to have two beers. So that, I was on that ship without getting on land for 60 days. At least 60 days. You. <laughs> yeah. Tell me about it. Tell me about that, it. Uh, that, that's, if you get two beer days, yeah, you're good to go. <laughs> yeah. And then and then push ashore once the uh, so, liberation meeting. <laughs> the liberation. I, 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 I hate to say that. We have, we've got to start recording some of this. Well, once I get the studio... Uh, the, the, the aptly named, um, we went from the beat studio across the street mm -hmm. to now, um, one of my, my, um, battle buddies aptly named is the Wax Shack. Uh, and the, <laughs> this is, I like to call it the studio. I like a better name than the Wax Shack, but whatever. We're going to start recording this here, but if people could see some of the expressions on, on, on all of our faces at <laughs> times. And so last time I put a camera up, I got in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> so um, we're going to uh, cut to uh, commercial, cut to a break. Uh, everybody take care of business, shit, shower, shave, all those great things that need to happen in between um, the uh, classes of veterans break. But coming back at you, classes of veterans.